the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Today, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow get over the hump, beat the Cleveland Browns 23-10 at Paycor Stadium. Dave Lapham was on the call as always. And Dave, as Joe Burrow said, team ugly win, but a win's a win. Absolutely. A win's a win. It's 1-0. and Every week you're trying to go 1-0 and as many weeks as you possibly can. And uh, it's nice to be able to win ugly by two scores. You know, I mean, uh, the defensive football team realized that offensively they're going to have some problems. T. Higgins has got a hamstring problem. Uh, he's, he's got an issue, a strain of the hamstring, the mid-hamstring, mid which is better than up high. The closer to the buttocks it is, the more problematic it is. His is mid-hamstring, which is good. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he'll, he'll be able to make the dance here shortly. And then Tyler Boyd dislocated his finger. They're going to make sure that it's not fractured and uh, we'll see what happens with him. But those those two guys are unavailable. And Hayden Hurst was unavailable. They knew that before the game. He was obviously deactivated and not able to play. So that's that's a lot of catches, a lot of plays, and a lot of touchdowns that uh, that Joe Burrow didn't have. But once again, you know, other guys stepped up. And, and uh, when you look at the contributions that, that, uh, that Taylor made, look at the contributions that Irwin made. Taylor had a 34 yard catch. Irwin had a, a 45 yard flea flicker catch. I mean, um, Jamar Chase steps up, targeted 15 times, 10 catches, 119 yards. But Dan, uh, excuse me, uh, Dave, the, the difference in the football game was running the football. The Bengals rushed the ball 26 times for 136 yards, Cleveland 25 times for 71. Joe Mixon rushed it 14 times for 96 yards, six yards per that 40 yard jaunt that he had. Chubb, 14 carries, 34 yards, 2.4 per. He had a 13-yard run and a 7-yard run. So two of his catches were 20 uh, – two of his rushes were 20 yards. The other 12 netted him 14 yards. You talk about shutting down the running game. He's the straw that serves the drink, and they took the straw out of the drink. And it started with D.J. Reader, full-grown man, unblockable. I mean – you talk. That's the difference in the the first time up in Cleveland. They ran it 44 times for over 170 yards. The Bengals ran it 10 times. It was just a flip flop of that football game. And DJ Reader, uh, Josh Tupal, neither of those guys were available. Thought that was going to be a big factor in the game, and was it ever? Logan Wilson ends up with 17 tackles, 14 unassisted, because DJ Reader's not letting people get to that second level. And then he's making plays on his own, blocking pl- passes, making tackles. Unbelievable performance. And that's what it came down to, the line of scrimmage. And which tandem of uh, – which duo of running backs was going to be most effective? Well, it was Mixon and Ryan. They combined for 18 carries, 118 yards. And uh, Chubb and, and, uh, and, and Hunt combined for 18 carries for 40 yards, I'd say. The Bengals had the dynamic duo, not the Browns. We had Lou Amarumo on during In the Trenches this week. And you always ask him, you know, what what are you cooking up, coach, uh, in that laboratory that these players just take to? And one of the young guys that's really stepped forward, Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, Lou talks highly of him. And this young man has really brought his A game, it seems like, each and every week since he's came back from early injury. There's no doubt. I mean, he it's important to him. Um, he, he, he He's a great teammate. He listens. 
Um, he's intelligent. He, he's, he's making plays. There, there is no doubt. He had five unassisted tackles, and, uh, and he had an assist for, for six tackles. Uh, and he also had two passes defensed, none bigger than that last fourth down pass to Peoples-Jones that, uh, that ended the football game uh, virtually. Uh, yeah, he, he's playing much more uh, uh, intelligently and with football savvy than his years. I mean, he's really, really uh, ascending on a very, very quick basis. And the Bengals are, are glad they have him. Lou Anarumo is doing a great job of develop, developing him. Wouzier is almost like his personal tutor. Uh, he's his mentor. I mean, that, that's been huge. All the veteran uh, defensive backs, we had him on. Uh, we've had him on podcasts, had him on the radio more than one time as well, like for a full-hour interview. And that's all he talks about is, is how these veteran players have just been in his corner, just helping him uh, understand what it takes to play at, the, at this level, uh, the protocol of preparation and uh, taking care of your body and getting your body and mind right and all of that that goes into it. I mean, it, it just doesn't happen on Sunday. There's a lot that goes on during the course of the week. And, you know, he was involved in one of the fourth down stops. And, and the, both, both teams turned the ball over one time. So that's even Steven. But on fourth down, the Bengals had three fourth down stops. Uh, six times the Cleveland Browns decided to go for it. Three times the Bengals stopped them. If you don't end a drive with a kick, a punt, a field goal, or an extra point, in my mind, that's a giveaway. So they had three fourth down stops. They were plus three. On fourth down, the Bengals never tried anything on fourth down. They didn't have to go in that direction. Six times the Browns did. Three times the Bengals made them pay dearly. Huge factor in the football game as well. So, I mean, a lot of things, uh, you know, it, it wasn't pretty, but a lot of things were done properly. There's no question about it to get the win. And now they're looking at nine and four, two and three in the division. And if they had scored nine more points, Dave, they'd be 12 and one right now. Three of their four losses were by eight total points. Field goal, field goal, two points. Nine points away from being 12-1. and one. Dave, you've been around a lot of these Bengals squads for many, many years. Joe Mixon today looked fresh. Four games left in this season. How important will he be in the next four weeks? Yeah, I think he's going to be big. And, and I think, too, I mean, the Bengals had two tight ends active today. And, I mean, I, maybe it's kind of early to go to this. Two, I, I'm kind of uh, – I've kind of been throwing the two-back set out there. Put P. Ryan and Mixon out in the field at the same time. You need one of them to block. P. Ryan's a hell of a blocker. P. Ryan's a great – he's, if not the best, one of the top three in the NFL in blitz pickup, and he will block. And you have two backs of that caliber on the field at the same time in a split-back situation – or have them, have them start out in the split back, motion one of them out to a receiver position, get a mismatch with a linebacker or a safety, or keep them in the backfield in a split back situation where you've even, uh, you know, you got two tight ends, one on each side of the line of scrimmage. You're totally balanced formationally, and it minimizes the things defenses can do. I think that's something that down the road, you know, may, may pop up. P. Ryan and, and Mixon on the field at the same time, particularly if the tight end position continues to, you know, have, have injuries. They decided not to bring any of the guys up off the practice squad at the tight end position. They went with two tight ends today. And uh, Wilcox did a hell of a job. Wilcox had some great blocks. He had another catch that was, uh, you know, significant during the course of the game. He was very, very physical. And Joe Mixon's 40-yard run, he had a big block. 
Uh, and he had another big block on, on Joe Mixon's 15-yarder uh, late in the football game. So he, he, he did a good job for the Bengals today. And again, you know, you, you have he steps up at the tight end position. Asiasi does, and they went uh, big by putting Adenogy in there as a third tight end. They went with the third tackle quite often. The Cleveland Browns went with the big formation as well. The Bengals' big formation was better than the Cleveland Browns' big formation today because the numbers show it. So, um, it, it, again, they've they've become a very, very physical football team. And that loss up in Cleveland was a wake-up call. I mean, it was ice water in the face. They did not play very well. It was their worst game of the season by far. Like I said, their worst defeat was by three points. Until they went to Cleveland, they lose by 19. But that wake-up call, who? It woke everybody up. They've won five in a row, seven out of eight, nine out of 11. Here they come. Dave, what's the latest on Hayden Hurst? He, he was really, I mean, came a, another one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets. What's the latest as far as how long they may be missing him? Yeah, I mean, calf injuries are, are dicey. You know, those are, you have one big muscle in the calf and two smaller ones. My understanding is he didn't damage the big one, but, you know, you, you have some damage to one or both of the smaller ones, it can be a while. And uh, Tupal had the calf injury. He was out over a month. Now, that's a 340-pound guy, but you've got Hayden Hurst, who's a, you know, 250-plus-pound guy that's got to run and, uh, you know, sink his hips and stop and start and all that sort of thing. That's a lot of stress. You know, you, you got to make sure your calf is right. Those uh, those calf injuries, those calf muscle problems are nothing to mess with. And usually it's like if you think you're ready, you know, take one more week. So I'm not sure exactly how long Hayden Hurst is going to be out of uh, out of commission, out of action. But hopefully it's not too long, Dave. That's a, that's a big, big factor. I, he was tracking to tie Danny Ross's franchise record of 71 receptions at the tight end position. And there was no better tight end than Dan Ross in franchise history. God rest his soul. Just a great friend and a great football player. And we were both from uh, the Massachusetts area. He's both from outside of Boston. He's an Everett Mass guy. I'm a Wakefield Mass guy. We, uh, you know, we had a very, very tight relationship, close relationship, great player. And uh, Hayden Hurst was tracking for his, his work. I mean, maybe even trying to exceed it. So get an extra game, a 17th game to do it. You know, when Danny did it in 1981, it wasn't 17 games. But that, that's thats the kind of weapon that this guy is. And he's a hell of a blocker. Very, he he's, uh, sets the edge in the running game, the Bengals, as well as, you know, Joe Burrow believing in him, trusting in him, third downs, making plays, uh, you know, hitting him for a four-yard pass, and he picks up five more after the catch because of his physicality and, and never say die, don't quit on anything, finish every play. He's a, he's a huge, huge weapon, a huge factor. You're in the trenches with Dave Lapham following the Bengals. 23-10 win over the Cleveland Browns. It's brought to you by First Star Logistics. If you're looking for a new career, be sure to check out FirstStarLogistics.com. Dave, you talked about the game DJ Reader's had. He, since he's came back from the injury, uh, just a unstoppable force. Does he get the credit he deserves this year as far as becoming an all-pro, Pro Bowl player? Boy, I hope so, because he certainly, he certainly deserves it. I think two guys, D.J. Reader on the defensive line, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tout Alex Kappa on the offensive line. This guy is, is he's a big, big factor up front. 
He's doing a hell of a job moving people, pass protection. I think both of those guys are playing at a Pro Bowl level. Does that mean that they're going to get there? No. I mean, there's you know, there's only um, a limited number of players. It's not like there's you know eight guys you can pick for the Pro Bowl. There might be eight deserving players. There might be five deserving players, but they can't all make it. You know, then you're getting into first and second alternates and all that sort of thing. If these guys aren't at least alternates, it's a it's a travesty. I mean, they, you know, it should they, somebody needs to check something out, particularly with players voting, because players look at tape. Players that played against DJ Reader tell other players that DJ Reader is a full grown man, no question about it. So I think that now now that the players have have the the higher uh, value in terms of voting. You know, the media still has a say. Coaches still have a say. Players have a say. and uh, But the players and coaches have a bigger say than the media. And I think that's the way it should be because the media, you know, it's just a popularity contest at that point. So we'll see. I mean, I think, I think the eye in the sky don't lie. I think their tape, you know, speaks for itself. Um, and that's, that's all they need to build a case. Just watch the tape. It'd be a crime if we didn't discuss Jesse Bates's big interception. Uh, wow, he, he tracked that ball, uh, made a great, great play on that interception. He did. He read it and then broke on it, and like you said, tracked it, uh, you know, from Jump Street. And that's his third interception on the season. And Don Bell has four interceptions on the season. His four interceptions going into the game was tied for fourth in the NFL. Jesse with uh, three now. Should put him somewhere in the top ten, you know, unless there are you know, five other guys uh, besides Jesse that have, you know, four interceptions. I know that's not the case. So you have seven interceptions by your tandem at the safety spot. The Killer Bees, Bell and Bates, that's pretty darn good. There's no question about it. And, uh, and I, they're also instrumental in the development of Cam Taylor Britt. Any question that he has during the course of the game, those guys make sure – to communicate and make sure that he's up to speed on everything. And they both understand Lou Anarumo's schematic inside out. I mean, they could install it. They could go to the grease board and install the darn game plan. So, um, yeah, Jesse Bates's uh, interception was massive. Unfortunately, Joe Burrows came, you know, right after that on another tip, another tip ball. But it's amazing, Dave. Joe Burrow, uh, with another turnover today, uh, he has 11 uh, turnovers in the division. All of his turnovers are in the, against AFC North opponents, every single one of them. And now with two touchdown passes, he's accounted for 12 touchdowns. He's got 11 passing and one rushing. And so 12 touchdowns and, um, and 11 turnovers. Out of the league, 21 touchdowns he's accounted for, 17 passing, four rushing, no, no turnovers, no interceptions, no fumbles. Amazing. Amazing that all of his turnovers occur. You know, think back T.J. Watt with these, you know, jumping interceptions. He one in each game. <clears throat> Garrett tips one for an interception in the first game in Cleveland uh, in the first drive. Going into he's got Higgins in the red zone and, and Miles Garrett tips it. Another defensive end tips this one for an interception. I mean, it's incredible what happens in the division games. But boy, non-division opponents, which he's got, you know, the next couple of uh, you know, couple of games here. And actually, the next three games, three in a row, and he finishes with Baltimore. Uh, he had one turnover against Baltimore this year. He had two against Cleveland in the first game, and another one in this football game. He had seven against the Pittsburgh Steelers, five in week one, and two in the second time against the Steelers. So, 
Again, all of his turnovers have happened against the, the division opponents. The fact that the next three opponents aren't division opponents, Joe Burrow's not going to have any turnovers. He's going to have touchdowns. It's going to bode well. The Bengals will be able to stack some wins going into that Baltimore game. I mean, and, and as we know, turnovers are the biggest reason you win or lose football games. You take care of the football and don't give away possessions, you got a chance. If you keep giving possessions away and put the, the pressure on your defense, put their backs up against the wall from the field position standpoint uh, and, and uh, in extra possessions, that's brutal. That's tough. So we'll see how it unfolds down the stretch here. Up next, Tampa Bay, scheduled for next Sunday, 425 p.m. kickoff. Um, the GOAT, Tom Brady, maybe not having the season, you know, everyone thought he might have. But at the same time, it's still Tom Brady. It's still the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another tough game for the Bengals as they close out, get ready, you know, this final stretch, two road games before they come back for two tough home games. Yeah, there's no doubt. And it's going to be interesting. This may be the only time that that Joe Burrow and Tom Brady match up. Because, you know, an NFC team, even if Brady does play next year, you know, Bengals aren't going to play unless it's in the Super Bowl. Uh, Would Joe Burrow and Tom Brady match up? Uh, so um, it, 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 I think that's going to be a big deal, particularly to Joe Burrow. You know, I, Joe Burrow is a lot like Tom Brady, although Tom Brady is totally immobile. Joe Burrow is far from that. Joe Burrow is always manipulating the pocket, extending and creating plays, keeping plays alive. Tom Brady's strength is 2.35 seconds. The ball's out of his hand. I mean, it is out. His strength is read the field. Quick decision, get the ball out, and the right decision 99.9% of the time. That's how Joe Burrow is. Sees the whole field, diagnoses it quickly, goes through his progression immediately, and, and, and picks the right place to go with the football 99.9% of the time. Um, so they're very, very similar in that regard. And they're very, very similar about how important the game of football is to them, how they prepare to play the game of football, um, it, it, everything that they do to get themselves ready play the game of football the sacrifices and commitment they make to play the game of football i mean they're very very similar so um it's they're they're both have menza football iqs you know uh and i I know there's a tremendous amount of respect there uh you know with with joe burrow and tom brady and tom brady has has respect for joe burrow's game as well it's going to be a very very interesting thing now um the Tampa bay buccaneers are in san francisco later today and we don't know the outcome of that football game yet. But if they lose to San Francisco, they're still going to be leading their division. The division uh, is, is not going very well. And interestingly enough, Dave, the entire division has beaten Joe. Uh, has beaten Tom Brady to this point. The Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers have all beaten Tampa Bay. Joe Burrow has the opportunity to pull the sweep, put the sweep on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. So that's the final uh, stumbling block for the division to for the AFC North to sweep the NFC South. And I'd rather I'd, I'd not. What better quarterback would you like to go up against the goat to finish that sweep than Joe Burrow? I like it. Yeah, as we're recording this, following the Bengals' win over the Browns, Tampa Bay 49ers in the second quarter, 14 nothing, 49ers over the Buccaneers. And uh, by the time we release this, that game will probably be close to being done, uh, if not done. And uh, you have been in the trenches with Dave Lapham following the Bengals. Huge 23-10 AFC North win. 
We want to thank everybody for being part of In the Trenches this week and all season long. Be sure to stay with us as we continue bringing you great, great content. We've had some great guests all season long. And Dave, I know you work very hard to get these people. And I know you're extremely happy when you, you get a chance to see how many people are viewing when we have guys like Chris Sims and Jim Nance. And we consistently get Coach Lou Amarumo and Brian Callahan and the likes of that and players from the Bengals. Um, your parting parting words after this big win. Well, I know one of my guests uh, next week is going to be Frank Pollock. I think the offensive line is playing an extremely high level, and Frank has agreed to join us in the trenches. I'm, I'm hopeful and feel pretty confident we'll be able to get uh, both of the coordinators as well. So uh, I think we'll have a lot to lot to chat about after after the big victory. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, that the Cincinnati Bengals right now are playing with an earned confidence. You know, they're, they're, they're playing their best football at the most opportune time again. You know, the first two games of the season, you were thinking, oh, boy, is it going to happen? Where are these guys? Well, there they are. They're back, and they're playing at a very, very high level, and they understand um, that, you know, one football game, there's no carryover to the next one. Put it aside. Put it away. Win or lose. Get ready for the next opponent and try to go 1-0 and and try to do that as many times as you possibly can. This football team understands what it takes. This football team has roster depth. This football team has football character. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to – I think they're going to make uh, the city of Cincinnati and the entire tri-state area and the National Football League proud again. Also, want to do a little quick promotion. We want to thank everybody at First Star Logistics, everything they do for us on In the Trenches. One of the sister sites that's presented by First Star Logistics, Malik Wright. Dave, I hear next Tuesday afternoon you're going to be with Malik for a special uh, – uh, uh, I'm not sure what he calls the show, but Malik's one of those up-and-coming young guys – I hear you're going to be spending some time with him. Yeah, I'm going to be catching up with Malik for a half an hour or so, I guess, talking Bengals football and talking about the the big victory against the uh, against the Cleveland Browns and and the remaining uh, schedule and uh, everything Bengals. It's it's all Bengals all the time. So uh, looking forward to that, and uh, and and we'll we'll have some we'll have some good uh, some good podcasts, video casts for for our fan base as well. Like you said, Dave, I'm excited about. Excited about next week and the upcoming opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, for everyone, this is Dave Burke for Dave Lapham, and especially the people at First Star Logistics. Thank you for spending your Sunday afternoon post-game with us. We look forward to another big week. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, Leadership and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.